Hi, everybody. I'm Joshua Danziger. And I'm Ethan Campfield. Today is Thursday, May 19th, 2022. And this is The Young Perspective, where we talk about America's biggest political and social dilemmas from the eyes of two high schoolers. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Young Perspective. Today, we are talking about something that is going to become a larger and larger part of Ethan and I's life over the next couple of years, um, particularly over the next year and a half. Ethan and I are finishing our sophomore years off. And as we approach junior year in the next you know, six months, we're going to have to start thinking about standardized tests that we need to take to get into college, um, the ACT, the SAT. And I've been doing a lot of thinking about, you know, why, why do you even take these tests? So today we're going to talk about standardized testing, some of the issues, uh, why we do it, and how to really measure intelligence. So throughout our lives and really all Americans' lives in education, you have to take standardized tests, whether that be your state test in Texas, we have something called the STAR test, or if you go to a private school, you have something, you have, you have your own uh, standardized tests. There are all different sorts of standardized tests. And then when you get to the end of high school, you have your ACT, your SAT, you take the PSAT every year. And these are all things that measure your knowledge and they measure what information you know. And it's supposed to be a test that everyone takes across the board in a city, in a country, in a state. That way you can have a standardized system where you can rank people. So the grades are not just random, you know, values that have that everyone has a different one. It's all based on the same test and the same system. That way everyone can have an equal level playing field. So there are three main goals. One is to assess knowledge and intelligence of a student so that that student can, you know, get into a higher institution of higher learning, such as, you know, college, or you know, there are there are some standardized tests in different high schools, private high schools. Um, so test knowledge and intelligence to get into institutions. The second goal, test knowledge for the purpose of seeing if students have met statewide standards. So many states have standards of what students should know, and they want to see if students at a particular school are on par. So you have you know statewide tests like the STAR test in Texas that see if students are on par with the statewide expectations. And the third goal would be to see if the schools are doing a good job preparing their students. You know, they, they can look at teachers will be reviewed and, and they will see how well the students of a particular teacher are doing. If they're doing poorly, that could be reflective on the teacher. So they're also used as a tool to, to identify how teachers are doing. So one of the things that Josh mentioned was intelligence. And so the SAR test measures intelligence through math problems and science problems and English problems. You read a paragraph and you have to answer questions about it the grammar problems, all sorts of different problems that are things that you learn about in elementary school through high school. But what about things like creativity or problem solving or emotional abilities? These are all things that could play a, a role in intelligence that can't be assessed by something like a standardized test. So the, the issue is, in our world, what makes people successful is a lot more than just you know, whether you're able to answer a couple hundred multiple choice questions about random passages. What is intelligence? And I personally, I think intelligence, a lot of what intelligence is, is, is the ability to problem solve, which I can tell you from my experience with the PSAT, I don't think the PSAT really, or other standardized tests like that, really assess students' ability to problem solve. 
And problem solving in the real world allows you to, you know, to fix problems at businesses, to, to fix problems within your within whatever job you have. And that's how you move up rank and that's how you become more successful in the world. And that is one of the largest issues with standardized tests. They're so stuck to, to you know, specific niches uh, of, 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 of expectation of, of, you know, this is what you've been taught in math class. Now show that on the test. But what you've been taught in math class and whether you retain that knowledge is not exactly how intelligent you are and how successful, you, you know, you, you potentially can be. Right. And so while knowledge of math and science and English and reading are important, there are other factors that determine someone's abilities of success and intelligence that can't be assessed by something like a standardized test, which is one of the problems with the system being used as the sole ranking of a student, whether they go to a college or in terms of ranking at a school. And any really ranking just based on this one test seems like it's not uh, representative of the student as a whole. So like, plus the tests also don't measure the student's ability to apply the knowledge they've learned. So they might have learned how to use a you know, specific math theory or something, math concept, let's say probability, and they may be able to talk about probability on the SAT, but are they able to take probability and figure out the probability of them getting hurt in a car crash or the probability of, of you know, them getting into college or the probability of, of all these different things that we actually need in life the application is, is where students are often lacking because in the classroom, students are preparing for the test rather than preparing for the real world where they'll have to use this knowledge. Yeah, and this is really important because learning something for the use on a test, whether that be a standardized test or just a test in a class, you're learning it for the sake of memorization and then you forget it. Often when you cram and studying the night before a test, you remember it the next day when you have the test, but you forget it two days later and you never use that information again, it immediately goes out of your brain just because you're using it for that test. But if you're using, if you're studying something for the purpose of applying it to the real world or figuring out its real world application and using this beyond the simple problem you're doing in math class or the simple sentence you're writing in an English class, if you're applying these knowledges to the real world and to your real life, then it's more interesting, which means more student engagement, which means overall better knowledge, but also you're more likely to remember this information, retain it, and being able to, and be able to use it in the future, which is really the goal of all of this teaching and education in the first place. So one of the issues that has been recognized about standardized testing is when you're trying to standardize tests among the whole population, the questions you ask are not going to be understood by the whole population. So there are questions in the English section um, on an SAT that may be understood better by a you know, a white or wealthier population that a less wealthy population, uh, maybe more mixed race population, they may not understand these references. So one example was a, in an, on an SAT, there was an English paragraph about awarding a city key to somebody, the key to the city. And there's a study done and that study showed that white students in suburban areas were more likely to understand and know what a, what a city key was, a key to the city, than, 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 than black students uh, or Hispanic students. So that shows that you know, some students have advantages and are more prepared to the test just because of cultural differences. And this is not intentional by, by the people writing the test. They're just you know, preconceived biases um, and they're just biases that are, that are not intentional. However, they can put one group at, at a greater advantage than another group. Right. And that knowledge of the key to the city, that was just one term used as like background knowledge in, in the paragraph. 
it wasn't a thing that was really being assessed. But because the students didn't understand that, they didn't understand the overall um, argument of the paragraph, meaning that they did worse on the test. And so it shows how all these small little things that are just overlooked by test makers um, are actually affecting the results that are seen in the students. And this is actually representative of how the SAT, and which is really one of the first standardized tests, came to be. It was actually used by uh, the U.S. Army in the early 1900s as a way of separating white and black applicants to the army. They wanted to segregate them, and they believed at the time that white students had a higher intelligence than black students. And so they used these tests as a way to weed out the black applicants, horribly racist and segregationist. However, they used this because they knew that the white applicants would know about certain terms that, that they applied to their lives versus that wouldn't apply. To- so what are the, some of the other reasons that some students may do poor on this test than other students? One of them, you know, is, is cultural differences, um, as, as we've mentioned before. But other ones are, are related a lot to, to, to experience shared by most students. Students, especially in the last 10, 15 years, studies have shown, experience incredible amounts of anxiety because society, their parents, their teachers, their schools tell the students that they need to perform on these tests or bad things will happen, you know, or they won't get into college or they'll never be successful. Of course, these things aren't true, but there's incredible amounts of pressure put on the students and students get so nervous for tests that, that, that when they get into the testing room, they're not able to perform because their, their, their brain is blocked and they just they can't think through it. Um, it's gotten so bad that on some Stanford exams, in the instruction booklet for the teachers, the instruction booklet has a section for the teachers telling them what to do if a student vomits on the test. Because obviously in the past, there has been an issue with students who had so much anxiety that they vomited on the test. That's not a healthy way to express your knowledge and to show how intelligent you are. And it's, it's not really a real measure of how, how smart people are. And we see it firsthand as high school students. Every year when midterms and finals come into play, students go into deactivation mode, really. They break down, they're anxious, they have panic attacks, and they're doing a final in which they know the information, they're ready for, they're prepared for, but they shut down just because of extreme anxiety that's placed on them because of a system that tells them that they have to do well, that they have to focus, that they have to do well on these exams, or their whole life will fail because of, because of this one bad test. Someone's whole life should not be based on one exam. I agree that final, final exams and midterm exams um, and, and school tests can be just as anxiety causing as standardized tests, uh, such as SAT, ACT, statewide, you know, test. However, I think there's a key distinction that needs to be made. Statewide tests and the SAT, ACT, these tests are trying to measure knowledge and intelligence. So they're not about what the student has been taught in the classroom as much as how smart the student is and is really trying to understand the student. So for school tests, it's more reasonable to put students under anxiety because that might motivate them to study the material and prepare themselves for the test. Though the anxiety is really bad for, you know, final exams at school, you can prepare yourself for the test because you've been taught all that information during the school year. But for a standardized test, there's really no reason to to, to have so much anxiety about it because there's not much a student can do to study the night before. A student can't binge study the night before. It's not a good idea for any standardized exam. Um, so they're, they're much different than a school final exam. Some of the supporters of standardized tests claim that without standardized tests, the system will be broken. 
because grades vary widely across the nation based on the teacher you have. You can, one person could have a really easy teacher while someone else has a really hard teacher or a class itself could just be made to be harder or easier. And so it's not fair to base someone based on these grades because, you know, in one class will someone get an A, that could be a C in a different class. So that's something where we need a standardized test to show the rankings of students. And also the data that's collected from standardized tests um, is actually used by states to decide what schools and school districts need the most funding to increase their standardized test scores and increase their learning. And without these tests, without these, uh, the data from these standardized test scores, their low tests, the, the low standardized test scores, then they won't actually get this funding. The, the states need to see the, the data to actually give the funding. And so it's one of the best ways that these school districts get the funding that they need. So, so what is the solution? One of the things that universities have been doing in the past couple of years is they've been making standardized tests optional. So if you are of lower income, you can't afford to, to take the test. Um, you can't afford to pay for the tutoring. So you get a worse score. Then you can choose to send a score to, to many schools or not send a score, um, which has been, been very helpful for a lot of students. Uh, it's also been challenging for the system because the, the way the system's been run for 50 years is that standardized tests were a large part of the college admissions process. And as colleges and universities shift away from standardized tests, they get a lot more applicants uh, and, and they're, gonna ha they're having to figure out systems of how to really judge an applicant when they don't have these standardized test scores or when they don't put as much weight on these scores. I think it's definitely not an easy problem to fix. Obviously, standardized tests have a purpose you know, they're necessary for the society that we have in which going to college is a huge priority. And in doing so, colleges need a way to determine which students to admit and which students to not admit. However, the current system is also not perfect. It's very biased and it's misrepresentative of the actual student itself who might have other skills that are just as important to their overall success in life and in college other than just their intelligence in the form of what do they know about math or science or English. And I think this is a larger educational issue within the education realm. The point of education, for my opinion, is not as much to teach people X, Y, and Z information that they need to memorize and they need to you know, reproduce on the math section of the SAT or the ACT. That is, that is not education in, in my mind. In my mind, education is teaching people how to think, how to solve problems, and taking these thinking skills, these critical thinking skills, and applying them to the real world after high school, after university, after college. So in the classroom, teachers need to focus less on preparing people for the standardized tests and more on preparing students for the real world. This is going to bring a close to this week's episode of The Young Perspective. We want to thank you all so much for listening. Remember to check out our Instagram, the underscore young underscore perspective, or you can check out our website, theyoungperspective.net. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. And remember to keep listening every Friday and weekend. And remember, this was The Young Perspective.